Welcome to the Rebel Speaker Podcast, where we break the tried and true presentation rules so that you can create a speech that stands out, makes an impact, and positions you as the go-to expert. And now your host, the instigator of the presentation rebellion, Dr. Michelle Mazur. To have a slide deck or to not have a slide deck? That is the question or at least it is for many of my clients that I work with and many of the speakers in the Rebel Speaker Facebook group. They write this great signature talk and then they start wondering, should I have visuals? Because they've been in that presentation where you're looking at the speaker and you're looking at the slides and you think, what version of eyeball hell is this? And for speakers, it's really important to have great slides with a great design if you choose to have visuals. It's what makes you a pro. And today, my guest is Adam Trapped, and he knows all about great presentation design. He's the co-founder and CEO of Haiku Deck, an app for creating flawlessly beautiful presentations on iPad or the web. Haiku Deck has been ranked the number one productivity app in iTunes and 50 market or markets around the world. It's an app that I use myself to create slides, and it was also named one of Time Magazine's top 50 websites. Adam began his career as a product manager at Microsoft. He's here in Seattle. His crowning achievement was teaching Bill Gates to create a web page using Microsoft Word, and Gates thought the demo sounded salesy, which Adam took as a compliment. So welcome, Adam, to Thank the you. Rebel Speaker. It's such an honor to be here. Thank you, Michelle. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. So many of my clients do struggle with the question, like, should I have slides? Should I not have slides for my speech? So as a speaker, why should you use slides? And when maybe shouldn't you use them? I think it really depends on the speaker, right? Some people are dynamic, expressive, and don't need visuals in order to make their presentation memorable the way others do. But I think fundamentally, anybody who's standing up in front of a room full of people, whether you're pitching your company or whether you're selling your product or service or whether you're teaching a lesson, we all have the same fundamental goal. You want people to remember a thing or two about your topic. And I think the challenge that slides present for the audience is that most of the time, The audience is in a position where they can either read the slide that's behind you or they can listen to the words coming out of your mouth. But the human brain is wired in such a way that you cannot do both of those things at the same time. I think if you look at the typical slide, it's loaded up with words and the presenter is using it in a sense as a crutch so they don't lose their place, so they don't forget what they want to say, so they don't miss a point. And in building that crutch, they're undermining the audience's ability to capture the information. Because again, it's difficult to read something while someone is yammering in the background. And it's difficult to you know, listen to someone when you're also trying to read. And so our philosophy is that if done correctly, slides can be a powerful tool towards reaching the goal of making your content more memorable and impactful and convincing. Yeah. Uh, but if done incorrectly, then you might as well just 
forget it. <laughs> yeah, because I know for me, like I like using slides because I feel like it anchors the visual learners in the audience to an image. And so they remember it more. I, I have this one slide that's literally a picture of milk. And I'm talking about how you can avoid being a commodity, being like everyone else, because you don't want to be milk. And everyone remembers that slide because of the visual. They're like, right. oh, that milk slide. Yeah, that really drove it home for me. So I think that shows like the impact a great slide can have on your audience actually remembering what the heck you're talking about. Absolutely. When we set out to create Haiku Deck, we looked at the marketplace and what we saw is that PowerPoint dominates the presentation software market. They, you know, they have almost ubiquitous installation and they probably have 95% of all the people making presentations are using PowerPoint. And then behind PowerPoint, there's probably two dozen clones of PowerPoint that are all just trying to out PowerPoint PowerPoint. And these range from really well done clones like Apple Keynote all the way down to obscure apps for every different operating system that kind of do the same thing. We didn't want to just be another one of those many apps. And so, by the way, there's, a, you know, there's another couple apps that try to outdo PowerPoint by adding features that don't exist in the traditional tools. Mm -hmm. Our approach was antithetical to, to that altogether. What we, what we realized is that the main problem people have in creating presentations relates to design. People want their presentations to look great, but they don't know how to execute on that. We did a bunch of research and we looked at what are the best practices that all of the presentation greats from you to Gar Reynolds, who wrote Presentation Zen, to Nancy Duarte, who's mm -hmm. famous for, um, for uh, Inconvenient Truth, for, for that most famous PowerPoint presentation ever made. Yes. Um, and it comes down to just a few key principles. And we figured if we could put those four principles into a product and make it impossible for people to deviate from those best practices then we would bring some new value to the market and probably, um, probably help people in a way that the other traditional presentation tools don't help them. Yeah, what are some <laughs> of those design principles that Haiku Deck uses yeah. and that are just should be standard across the industry? Right, absolutely. Okay, so the first one is focus on one idea at a time. As I mentioned a second ago, the impulse for people when they're making slides is to put their entire outline on the slide. That's counterproductive. The idea is to crystallize the big idea, leave people with something, a high-level thing that they can remember. And really to set the bar pretty low. You, you know, the expectation from a speaker should be that persons listening are going to remember just a few things that you say. So that's number one, one idea at a time. Number two is use a powerful image to reinforce that idea. You know, there, I could spot off a half dozen cliches about a picture, you know, worth a thousand words, but yes. it's true. There's all of this research that shows that people are more likely to remember a powerful image. One of the things that we did to execute on that is we have really worked hard on providing a search engine that takes the idea you put on the slide and helps you to, to find an image that's powerful, memorable, and also that's available. Because you know, a lot of the time when people make presentations, they're copying images off of Google image search, which is technically you know, not okay from a copyright standpoint. So we provide access to Creative Commons photos. There's about 40 million of them that you can get through our app that 
help you find the right metaphor, whether it's a bottle of milk or a person running across a finish line or, you know, a Lego minifigure holding up a, you know, a blue ribbon, who knows? So that's the second thing, use a powerful image. The third thing is consistency and formatting. And I think this is really what's hard for 99% of people out there who either aren't a professional designer or aren't inclined to learn the basics of graphic design. Um, it's very easy in products, kudos to PowerPoint and all the others, they're very powerful. They give you plenty of rope with which to hang yourself. And this is where people like me run into trouble. I'll spend hours fiddling with fonts, trying to figure out, is this the right one? Is that the right one? Then I'll pick two fonts that don't match because I don't really know that you're not supposed to put a serif font with a sans serif font. I don't even really even, most people don't even know what the difference is, right? No. So we give you a set of themes. We put you on a very sort of rigid set of rails. And we say, if you do it this way, it's not going to look bad and it'll look really good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's the third thing. One idea at a time, powerful image, consistent formatting. And the last thing is if you're presenting data, if you must use a chart, then try to keep it simple. And so we built a very simple tool for creating infographics and uh, or what we call stat charts and bar charts and pie charts. And because our DNA is rooted in this iPad app, which is what we first brought to market, they're very tactile in the way that they work. So you can use your fingertip when you're on a touch device, whether it's iPhone or iPad, you can use your fingertip to draw the pieces of the pie or the bar chart and just drag the little bar. So you don't have to struggle with Excel. You don't have to know how to make a chart in Excel. It just works. And all the colors match. You know, we had a professional designer give us palettes that work together. So, you know, it just ends up looking really nice. Those are the four principles that we built around. Now, of course, if you have your own chart, you can put your own chart in. If you have your own picture, you can put your own picture in. But we've, we've tried to create a user experience that really puts you on these rails and guides you all the way through. Now, and what I like about that, especially for speakers who are just starting out and they're like, I want to get paid to speak, is that you haven't done the branding process for your business yet. You can use something like Haiku Deck and be like, oh, I know that this isn't going to look horrible and I can kind of create my own little speaking brand based on the selections that I have here, based on the fonts, based on the color. And then you can be consistent across your presentations. I mean, if you're doing any content marketing, I know I've used Haiku Deck images as like the blog title for a blog post before. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot that you can do to have that consistency of branding across your speaking business Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that if you're going apeshit in PowerPoint, you're not necessarily going to have. Right. I think the other thing that we make accessible to people is this idea of mobile productivity. So because the app is on iPad and iPhone, you can create your deck on the web. You can be on your iPhone, edit it on the fly. You can present it on the fly. All the presentations are hosted in the cloud. So it's very modern in the way that that part works too, because I think sharing presentations can also be quite cumbersome. You know, if you've got an 85 megabyte deck, trying to email that to someone, that's kind of old school. Ours are all hosted in the cloud. So when you share it, you just send someone a link and they click the link to view it. It's really convenient. It basically covers your ass too as a speaker because Mm -hmm. I've been in a situation where I have a very beautifully designed PowerPoint, but they don't have the fonts on their machine and I plug my USB thing in and it's like Mm -hmm. a hot mess all of a sudden. But if you're hosted in the cloud, then you're like, oh, okay, I can just download it, present it from the app itself. 
Right. And it's going to look good because Mm -hmm. I think that's something speakers don't think about. It's like if you use somebody else's computer and they don't have your fonts, it's going to mess up how how your slides look. Right. It's funny because that's one of the features of the app is that you can export your decks into PowerPoint format. And we give you a couple different choices in that regard. But, you know, the uneditable version of ours essentially takes a snapshot of your slide. It it flattens it into an image so that even if you want it on a USB drive, you can put it into any computer and you don't have to worry about the fonts because it's already been rendered as an image. And that's something that's really, it's been really important for people who use our app because that, that's a nightmare when you the only thing worse than spending five hours formatting a PowerPoint deck is then getting to your client and firing it up and having it look like garbage. I know you're like I spent hours doing this and it looks terrible. Exactly. <laughs> so how did Haiku Deck come into existence? It's a great story. So we went through a, a technology startup accelerator program called Techstars. Techstars started in Boulder, Colorado, and then it's proliferated around the world. So there's one in London and one in New York and one in Boston. And now there's been one in Seattle since 2010. And we were in the inaugural class. And back in 2010, you may remember that Farmville was all the rage. And our idea was we wanted to do celebrity-based Facebook games. So there were three of us. I was the CEO and there was um, two other co-founders. One is my CTO, Kevin, and the other was a very talented illustrator and designer on the team. We had the perfect complement of skills for building this game studio that we were pursuing. Anyway, we went through Techstars, we raised a little bit of money to pursue this idea of celebrity-based Facebook games, and we grossly overestimated uh, the interest in the Hollywood community in working with three geeks from Seattle that they hadn't heard of. Anyway, we, we struggled to find a celebrity to work with us. We finally got one, a local guy, a rapper named Sir Mix-a-Lot. <laughs> we, made, we made a Facebook game for Sir Mix-a-Lot. Uh-huh. And, um, it was a good game. You know, it looked nice. It worked well. We launched it. The launch was tremendously successful because Sir Mix-a-Lot is a funny guy and he's interesting. And, and so we were talked about on 40 of the top 50 NBC affiliates, like five o'clock news, public interest wow. story. And Jimmy Fallon talked about us in his monologue. It was what I would call a successful product launch. But in spite of that, the idea completely failed. And when the idea failed, we started to do what startups are supposed to do, which is pivot around and try and figure out what do we learn? What are we going to do next? And in the process of doing that, we lost our designer. Our very talented illustrator designer left the team. That left Kevin and I one day working on a PowerPoint presentation to bring to our investors. And we wanted to tell them, hey, here's what we learned and here's what we're going to try next. And as we were working on the presentation, we started to bicker about who had to make the presentation. And at one point in the conversation, as it got heated, Kevin said to me, he said, you know, isn't it a shame we both used to work at Microsoft? We both know how to use PowerPoint. Why are we arguing over who has to make the deck? This is crazy. This should be the best part of being an entrepreneur. We're going in front of a room full of people to share our dream and get them excited about our idea. Anyway, this conversation was happening at the same time that the iPad was gaining traction as a tool for watching Netflix and reading the New York Times. And we started to think, you know, he was, Kevin was the one that said, what would it look like if we tried to do PowerPoint in the context of this touch device that we are enamored with? And I said, Kevin, that's crazy. Can't beat Microsoft at its own game. That, no, no, no. That's we're gonna, <laughs> that's terrible idea. But we started to unpack it a little bit. What we saw was the presentation category predates the Palm Pilot by seven years. So PowerPoint came out in something like 1992, and, and has uh, been abused ever since. <laughs> that's right. 
And look, it's a great product, but it's got the same issues that any product that's been around for a generation would have. It's, it's very feature rich. You can do whatever you want with it if only you knew how. Half a billion people make presentations, but you'd be hard pressed to find 10 of them that love PowerPoint. That's kind of what got us thinking really hard and seriously about, well, how could we disrupt this category that's kind of stale? And so then we asked around and we confirmed that sure enough, there's a lot of pain around this process of creating presentations. And it, it's not that people don't know how to use PowerPoint, it's that people aren't graphic designers. And the bar for what looks good has gone up. If you think about software from the 90s versus software today, their design is much better. People expect things to look nice. And so we thought, all right, well, let's, let's try to do for PowerPoint what Instagram did for Photoshop. That was the theme that we were pursuing. So now it's been, we've been on the market for four something years. We have a little more than 2 million registered users. So tens and tens of millions of slides have been created. It's clear that we hit a nerve. Um, mm -hmm. There's definitely lots of folks out there that, that want exactly what Haiku Deck brings to the category. So yeah. that's been gratifying. I don't know if you knew this about me. Um, I used to work in market research and we would create all of our report decks in PowerPoint. When we had to go present, we wouldn't redo the decks. We would just present the research, like the research report. I hated making those decks. It was miserable. They looked terrible and no one would give me any time to like redo them so they'd look nice for the presentation. They're like, you're making more work for yourself. And I'm like, ah, oh, but they're terrible and we shouldn't be presenting them. So I do like that. That frustration is real. Mm -hmm. My last question for you is if you are just starting out as a speaker, why should you use Haiku Deck over PowerPoint or Keynote? Rather than try to answer that from my own perspective, I'll just, I'll tell you what we hear from our users. What we hear from our users is that they want to spend more time crafting their story and mastering their story and less time fiddling with software. Ultimately, as I said at the, the beginning, everybody wants their presentations to be memorable and impactful. Our mission as a company is we want to make it 10 times faster and easier for people to create presentations that are 10 times better. And one way we're doing that is with Haiku Deck, which is this app that you can use on iPhone or iPad or the web. Another way we do it is we have this community of users that, you know, every time you create a presentation, they are saved in the cloud. You, as a user, get to decide the privacy level. But if you create a presentation for the community, it can be shared and remixed. So you don't necessarily have to start from scratch. Um, so we have the community working together to ease friction in the presentation creation process. You can go to our gallery, you can search for a topic, and maybe you'll find something that is halfway to being done. And then the third thing that we're trying to do to deliver on that mission is we have this artificial intelligence tool that we've built, we call it Zuru, and it lets you put in a Wikipedia topic or put in an outline or even upload an existing PowerPoint deck, and you can run it through this AI engine, and it will use information that we've gathered from all of the presentations that have been created before, essentially remake or make your presentation for you. It's less time spent fiddling with software, more time spent mastering your content so that you deliver in such a way that it's dynamic and memorable and impactful. 
Yeah, because if you're spending more time on your slides than you are the construction and the practicing of your speech, that's a problem. And that's the thing I've always loved about Haiku Deck is that it's made it easy for me to put slides together quickly so I can mm -hmm. do it in like 30 minutes or an hour and I know it's going to look great versus screwing around in PowerPoint for several hours when I could be using that time to practice the speech or construct it a little bit better, tighten it up. So right. I think that's a real benefit is that ease of use. You have good like branding, you know, you're following the design principles. So you look like a professional. So Adam, where can people find out about Haiku Deck? So on the web, we are at www.haikudeck.com. That's H-A-I-K-U. DECK.com. We're also in the App Store for iPhone and iPad. Just search for Haiku Deck, H A I K U D E C K. We have a Chrome optimized app available in the Chrome Store. That's where people can find out. We also blog a lot about presentations and we have a gallery that has millions and millions of decks in it. So you can go to haikudeck.com slash gallery and look for presentations on just about any, any topic. Awesome. And I do encourage you, if you want an easier way to make slides, or maybe you're giving a speech on the fly and you need to pull it together really quick, then check out Haiku Deck. So thank you, Adam, so much for being on the show. Thank you, Michelle. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to the Rebel Speaker Podcast. If you're loving this show, please rate and review it on iTunes. It is the best way for speakers like you to find out about us. And you can learn more about Communication Rebels coaching and consulting services that help business owners and speakers make a bigger impact with their message while building a speaking business on their own terms at drmichellemazur.com. 